Oh yeah. You know what time it is? It's time to pick a date. Yeah, that's what we like. And when we pick a date, we want to pick a real good one for you. Pick a date time. It's fun. It's easy. You put your finger on a calendar. You pick a date. It's Stu here. Hello. Um, I'm joined by Matt. Hello. Chubbs. Hello. And Ben. Good evening. Are we sensible this evening? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, wearing a, a, a natty vest and a bit of a, a bit of a bow tie uh, and uh, some reading glasses. Right. Yes. Well, in a, in a well lit that's, area. That's hipster Ben, not sensible Ben. <laughs> in a well lit area. No, it's very sensible. He's keep it safe. Yeah, definitely. I also have a seatbelt on. Mm. <laughs> um, anyone got any amusing stories from their lives? Yeah. I, um, I, as, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, I freaked my children out at bedtime um, simply because they asked a random question, which is do blind people. What do blind people see when they sleep? Ooh. And uh, so I, I just explained to them the concept. Oh, you just freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the concept that blind people actually, depending if they're if they're totally blind, they don't see anything. Not, or if they ever had sight. Yeah, if they never had sight. But if they're totally blind, then they they don't see anything. Not it's not like closing your eyes. You don't see black. You don't see anything. And then that just freaked them out. So like, what do you mean they don't see anything? It's, 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 you can understand if you can't hear anything and or can't smell anything. That makes sense. But to not be able to see anything, it's, yeah. not, it's not darkness. It's nothing. And do blind people dream in pictures? Well, if they're fully blind, they, they, don't, they don't dream in pictures, no. Do they dream in smell? Well, it is audio, visual, and, and, and mental. It's, it's, mm. I don't know. That's hard to explain because I don't. Because yeah. dreaming, I don't, know, is, I don't know how you would dream in smell. <laughs> well, neither do I. I'm not blind. <laughs> God, you've you've uh, twisted me up with your logic there, sensible man. Yeah, so that freaked them out. So I'm going to look it up tomorrow because there, there was a show on ABC last year, which was I think you can't ask me that or something like that, right. where they talked cool. to. Um, different groups, and one of them yeah. was about people yeah. who were sight impaired. It's very interesting. Yeah, give you give your children crises at bed. Yeah, that was freaking. Wasn't. I was like, I shouldn't have started that. Sorry. Not <laughs> <laughs> then. I know what to bring up with my class tomorrow. Yeah, it's a great thing oh, to bring yeah. on. It would be a great thing, John. Oh, that'd be a good art project. Oh, draw a blind person's dream. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. that's great. <laughs> oh. Just go and ask random people tomorrow to take a pen. And some paper oh. around with you all day and just go here. I've got a oh, task this. for you. Oh. Yeah. All right. Hey, look, I've got a quick question. Yeah. So I'm at work today in a stall, dropping one. Okay. I don't know. Is this, is this, right. is this like pick, a trouser stall? Yeah. Yeah. Is, this, is this pick a date territory? I don't know. But anyway, right, someone comes in and goes right into the stall next to mine, even though there are spare stalls further away. Oh, comfort. Comfort to... Now... That, that's and it, that's kind of in my 
space unnecessarily. Am I within my right to just knock on the wall and go, excuse me? Yeah. Can you fuck off? It's invading, <laughs> invading your personal space, really, isn't it? Why would you need to do that? Oh, it's the equivalent of someone coming up and hugging you from behind without being asked. That's right. And doing your shit at the same time. As long as they're not cuddling you from behind while you're on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly right. It's a blumpkin hug. Oh, oh my God. Carry under the floor. That is the, yeah, that is the craziest toilet stall ever. It's good. The fireman's carry. A releasing door <laughs> behind it where people jump out. Oh, okay. right. That sounds like a Japanese game show to me. I was going to say, it sounds like a Japanese game show. The toilet turns into a person. Yeah. Just a hugging system. Well, uh, no, just hugging glory holes. <laughs> oh, the reach around. Yeah, the t- no, the two, two arms come through for a hug, nothing else. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. You're the one that called it a hugging glory hole. Oh, yeah, sorry we got that wrong. <laughs> this doesn't have a lot to do with history, no. does it? No. Uh, Should well, we move on to history or has anyone got anything else? So we we had this workshop today. Lovely getting to know you. Lovely beautifulness and I love so much. And uh, we tags. we have a new we had always name tags. We have a new um a new person working with us who mm-hmm. um seemed a little unusual. Um but today w- the question went around like to everyone, why what brought you to this job? What brought you to this job? And everyone's saying very general, very boring things. I was at this place. The transferred to here. Yes. Oh, nice, Captain the bus. Car. Yeah. Um, and then it got to her and her response was the stars. Oh. And everyone said, yeah, okay. Dancing with? She said, <laughs> she said the 11th of April, 2016. I've read in my stars that a decision I make on this day will come to fruition in May of 2018. And here I am. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought she was doing her own pick-a-date podcast. Exactly. And everyone went, okay. Where did she read, like, Athena Star Woman or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, some some Star Woman said that. Okay. Is she still around? Oh, yeah, she's wow. fat. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Solid Rosanda. giant there, Let's not talk about Rosie. Yeah, we can't talk about On this date, pick a date. On this date, Rosie got shunted. Yeah, on this But can I just say, and, and it's actually a good segue into something else I was going to say. We talked about this. On my other podcast, welcome to television. Oh, how lovely! Um, if you haven't listened to that, <laughs> go and find it. If you're Australian and yeah. want to, want to hear some idiots talk about what's happened on TV, and and just try and um, every I, th- I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that, where Stu tried his best to get people talking about animal the drama from Hey Hey's and which I approved of. You're oh, on no. the wrong podcast for that, Buckle. I mean, no. you. But that's the thing. I've talked to the, those guys about Hey Hey at Saturday multiple times, and no one bid. bid. That was amazing. You never anyway. do a crossover episode. They can do this one. <laughs> no one's giving you a Hey Daryl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 um, they, they have said, oh, can we come on your other podcast? And I said, well, we record it sort of remotely via Skype or Google Hangouts, and that lost them there because they're luddites. But. Um, 
Yes. So on 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 the podcast we recorded today, we were just saying how quickly the world works now. You can tweet something racist um, at three o'clock. By five o'clock, your show's canned. By six o'clock, your agent has dumped you. By seven o'clock, you're off Twitter. Mm. By eight o'clock, the world hates you. Like it's 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 amazing. That's <laughs> quite stunning. Yes, I'm gonna blame Sensible Ben for. Uh, just obscurely uh, yeah. plucking her out of the air last <laughs> Ripping on Roseanne out of nowhere, which probably somehow found its way into a kind of uh, mindscape somehow. And um, yeah. yeah, nice one. Give the, welcome to television a listen. Mm. These guys, these guys will pop up on an episode shortly. <laughs> let's do the, let's pick a date. Right. Good day. Good date. What date are we going to pick? The date we're going to pick is May 29. Ooh. Um, and I attempted fate. I did not look at the births and deaths before picking this date, but um, <laughs> we've, got a, uh, we've, got a, we've got a few that we can work with here. Yeah. All right? So, 1903, Bob Hope was born. Oh, That's a good one. Yeah, well, actor, singer, producer, Bob Hope. Um <laughs> Who was that? Is that a walk on? We got like a Johnny Carson walk on. It was Johnny Carson doing an impression of Bob Hope. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. That makes sense. Too subtle for me, Buckle. Yeah, come on. Layers. Layers. Check the levels, bitch. 1917. John F. Kennedy. Uh, reasonably famous person. Yes, indeed. Um, Is he the, oh, wow. I didn't realize he was, I thought he was a bit younger than that, but yes, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, he was 101. Mid 40s or. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He's just kind of, as I say, it's one of those things hit me. Time goes so fast, doesn't it? it seems oh, like yes, those were the days, my friends. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm, sorry. <laughs> 1967. This sounds old too. 1967, Noel Gallagher. Right. Yeah. Noel Gallagher. Oh, that's, that's making us yeah. old, isn't it? If he's 51. Uh, Yes. Oh, shit. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pack it in. That's it. Um, well, that's depressing, yeah. so we should move on to the deaths, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's lighten the mood. Fun times. <laughs> 1814, Josephine du Bohanios, the first wife of Napoleon Bonaparte and Empress of France. Mm. Of, of the uh, Not Tonight Josephine fame, mm. you may remember. You know, <laughs> That's pretty baffling uh famous phrase to have through history. Basically someone, you know, knocking back a root yeah. has become like a famous quote in history. And how did that get passed on? Did was someone in the it, room or did he tell exactly. did she complain? Or did yeah. he like pass it on? Like Well, yeah, I don't know if he's down with the, all these sort of macho troops the next morning saying, Oh yeah, I, I wasn't up for it last night. Um, or, you know, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. That's why I believe it's apocryphal. Yes. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Mm. Unless she it was works. constantly on the, on it and he was just like, oh God, she's, oh Jesus, give it a rest. I know, I'm trying some... to conquer everything here. And yeah, I, know. I don't think conquer you as well. A bit of mince hanging down my legs here. <laughs> I'm trying to creep around in the dark and bits of me are glowing. Can we subtitle this episode, Napoleon's Wibs? <laughs> Uh, and um, 
Napoleon Bonaparte, no wonder. <laughs> oh, the bone came apart. Oh, everybody, I'm oh. going to retire. Well done. <laughs> oh, well, that was Bob Hope as well. That was my impersonation of Bob Hope doing a uh, pun about but, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> well done. Pretending uh, to be Bert Newton. Yeah. Pretending to. Yep. Uh, 1997, Jeff Buckley. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. the day he it's drowned. Big one. And 2010, Dennis Hopper. Uh, oh, is shit. the day he I died. That. Um, yeah, yeah. He said he's one that I forgot. He, he died. Why, yeah. why did I not remember that? Yeah. Well, because you got blinkers on to the world. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Is that, your, is that your Dennis Hopper, is it? Is that your <laughs> Dennis Hopper go-to line? Does anyone yeah. else? My Dennis Hopper go-to line is from Apocalypse Now, where he's like, what are they going to say about him, man? That he was a good man? That he was a kind man? Bullshit. Great. Great mad performance. Or either that, or it's both speed. You can't beat me. You're going to pay me every dollar. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we instead of doing Dennis Hopper lines all night, <laughs> we might move on to um, some events from May the 29th, 1453, the fall of Constantinople, mm. when the Ottoman armies capture Constantinople after a 53-day siege, ending the Byzantine Empire. Mm. Uh, any gags there? No. All right. <laughs> fairly, um, fairly, humid, uh, fairly humorless, the uh, yeah. Byzantines. I, w I went yeah. there once. That's all I've got. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Just passing through. You, suddenly grow, you seem to have suddenly grown a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I went to Greece too, but that was ruined. Ruined. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, 1660, the English Restoration, Charles II is restored to the throne of England, Scotland and Ireland. Uh, 1919, Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity is tested mm. by Arthur Eddington and Andrew Claude de la Cheros Cromelon. I wish I'd had a crack at saying that before I <laughs> <laughs> recorded. Yeah, that's right. Someone proved that you could bend uh, How did they test it? Someone, you could it's, prove that you yeah, could exactly. bend light. That's, that's what... It was the bending light, was bending it? Light. It was the, yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, you can bend light. Never saw that before. Yeah. Yes. Well, how that was a mirror, dickhead. Fucking hell. How, what about when you close the door and light comes out of you? Mutants? How hard is that to work out? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's what Are, he said. That was, was that his go-to insult? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just kicking back. 1953, Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing become the first people to reach the summit of Mount Everest. Ooh. I love Sherpa Tenzing. Oh, I think he's probably one of my favourite historical figures. He's, yeah. he's he's a fucking dude. He's really really good. We're gonna find out his birth date, and we'll get we'll do a show. His birthday's like in a so, couple so, of days, I believe. No, no, no. His birthday well, that, that was twenty ninth, isn't it? He's on the sorry, it was, it was on the same day. It was the same day. Oh, sorry, no, that was gonna be. My I just realised that. <laughs> did he? Did he? Did he hold up the like the party? Like, no, nah, we can go today. No, no, no. No. Oh. Oh. We've got to go tomorrow. It's my birthday. Come on. I, I, I reckon you'd do the opposite, though. You wouldn't hey, want sure, it to be the same it's day. It's your birthday. We're going to party it's like It's like being it. born on Christmas Day. Yeah, exactly. It's like being born on Christmas Day. No one's going to no one's gonna celebrate your birthday. They're celebrating the top of the mountain. If you if you have it. The day you did yeah. some mounting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're really going to go, oh, you know, how sad am I? People only want to bring up 
Then I climb Mount Everest first. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, exactly. It's my, where's my cake? It's a fucking cake. Yeah, where's my cake? Yeah. I saw a really interesting thing on the other night on SBS side. I was talking about the hunt for the Yeti. And it sounded like, at first I thought it was going to be one of those really <laughs> terrible. You watch some solid stuff. But I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, ridiculous kind of um, well, pseudoscience type things. Yeah. History and, Channel documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it was, did aliens. Oh, and here's this fuzzy footage. But it was actually quite well done. Like, you know, it was looking at the um, history of the um, myth of the Yeti and like, you know, they've got these apparently yeti relics and they're all they were, they dna tested them all and everything like that and they found out they're all actually most of them are from a couple of different uh varieties of bear which are native to the himalayas wow. but um they were they as part of the process they did some the dna testing on the sherpas and um it was really interesting that the reason that they're so adapted to high altitude is because part of their dna is actually um from the Denisovans, which was like a subspecies of humans, like kind of the Neanderthals. Mm. And that was then that was like their hangout. And because they interbred with them, they managed to pick up this um, trait on their um, genome. So that's why they're able to okay. actually wow. survive at the high altitudes and right. why we can't, because we haven't, we haven't got this Denisovan um, gene, which allows for, um, to stop you from getting altitude sickness. So, so there okay. we go. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's good. No, that, yeah. All right. Well, my, uh, 1982 was uh, Falklands War. British forces defeat the Argentines at the Battle of Goose Green. <laughs> oh, we all think. <laughs> oh, no, the Battle of Goose Green. Are we all thinking about Bob? Well, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> when was you there then? I took Morrison's <laughs> point single handed. Oh, <laughs> I tuck his finger in the tank door. <laughs> If no one's seen Bottom, that's Mr. Pike. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And um, 1990, the Russian parliament elects Boris Yeltsin as president of the Russian Soviet Federative Socialist Republic. Mm. Oh, we love uh, Boris. We, we love Boris. We, any any time you feel sad, just Google, I mean, YouTube, Boris conducting the greatest. Yeah. Happy, oh, yeah. Big jolly man having a good time. He had his finger on the nuclear button <laughs> at some point. So there you go. Yeah. And um, do you reckon he'd go there overnight? Like he'd just go and hang out with a bottle of vodka and just sort of rub the button. <laughs> <Your> fucking pardon. <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> Rumour has it that the US kind of helped shovel him into the presidency. Oh. Because he was uh, a buffoon. Essentially, <laughs> that would be easily managed. <laughs> Don't tell me the U.S. have interfered in foreign elections. Well, Russian of all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, AK. Uh, <laughs> I need more proof. <laughs> Saint Day time. Saint uh, Boris. Saint uh, Boris of Saint. The Saint, Saint Napoleon really of the Bits. Saint Day bit really needs a theme, doesn't it? It's uh, <laughs> the most exciting part of the show. <laughs> Did you guys know that flight attendants had a patron saint? No. Yes, Bonner uh -huh. of Pisa is um, what, it's one of the saints whose saint day it is today. She's the saint of travellers um, mm. and specifically flight attendants as well. Mm. Interesting. Now, wasn't um, St. Christopher the patron saint of travellers and then didn't he get excommunicated? I get confused. 
I think he was lost. Oh, I did not no, research no. that bizarrely Because mm. isn't that what people put on their... Yeah, the um, Christopher medal, yeah. Tell, tell it, my wife's nan gave her a this, St. Yeah. Christopher's... Um, well, a lot of taxi drivers have this. Yeah, hanging off their rear view. Oh. As a, but, well, but he got excommunicated. I don't know the full story. I should stop talking. As always, uh, we, encourage, <laughs> we encourage listeners to fact check us, and they can do that by do sending their thoughts into... Pick a date at outlook.com or message us on the Facebooks or the Twitters. And May the 29th, guys, is also World Digestive Health Day. Oh, we're on that. I hope everybody's really giving their colon some solid thought (laughs) on that day. And spacing their colons, especially from people in stalls next to them. Please. Correct. So they don't kind of cramp up and stress out. (laughs) would be nice. Oh, that's the worst. I like loud fans in toilets, <laughs> public toilets. Loud fans are the best. Yeah. Well, if you feel like he's about to wipe without looking. Look, look. Oh, he did it. oh my God. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I tell you what. It's also a, a little bit kind of makes you feel a bit self-conscious. Is if you're having a particularly splattery day, <laughs> and there are mm. other people in the stalls with you and you kind of got to wait for the mm. urinals to, to, right. to kick in with yep. the auto flush yep. to, to, to cover the sound. Correct. Your or the voice. hand dryer or the, yeah, you know, yeah. all of that. <laughs> You're sitting there going, someone wash their fucking hands for Christ's sake. Anyway, off topic once again. <laughs> So, Ben, which 90s sitcom are you going to tell us about tonight? Uh, tonight's sitcom of choice is Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, and it's actually not. Uh, but anyway, the I got it in there. Well done. Um, gentlemen, I'd like to tell you about a, a couple of brothers. They are the Necro brothers. Uh, Joe... Joe and sorry, hang on. Stop. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this a Roseanne moment? No, 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 Did you no, no, no not at all. Right. Not at all. Necro is uh, spent, spelt... N-I-E-K-R-O. And for the second week in a row, this story is baseball related. Oh, right. They play in the Necro Leagues. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was quick. Nice one. Right. Uh, I just can't get past Mr. Burns hunting them out in the Necro Leagues. Necro Leagues. Yeah. Right. Oh, can we put that at the end? Because I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> I've just got that running through my head. Um, Push on with the story. So yes. Joe, Joe and Phil uh, were both major league pitchers. And the funny thing about Joe and Phil is that they were both knuckleball pitchers, right? Okay. Now, you know, to, to bring it back to, uh, you know, I always have to have some sort of cricket reference somewhere. I, I would say that the knuckleballer would be very similar to the <laughs> left arm wrist spinner uh, of cricket. In the fact Just for those are, who weren't quite sure. That's right. You know, like, yeah. Very rare. Uh, and to have two uh, as brothers is uh, highly, it's very, very rare. Now, strangely enough, these two brothers were very different. Phil was... Uh, you know, he was the good guy. Uh, he was a magnificent pitcher. Uh, he was Hall of Fame. He was all-star. Uh, but his brother Joe uh, is most famous for uh, actually 
some great video footage. I actually have got the YouTube clip ready to share. Okay. And I've... it is of Joe being pulled up by one of the umpires uh, for manipulating the ball. Now, when you're a knuckleball thrower, uh, basically the it, it's you know the rougher the ball, the more it's going to go all over the place. And this thing was doing ridiculous, ridiculous things. So the ref has gone, uh, the umpire has gone up to him, and on the mound, he has got him to empty his pockets. Right. And Joe has pulled, just basically put his hands in his pockets and then just thrown stuff out onto the mound and just pretended like there was nothing in his pockets. Oh. He had a nail file in his pocket. <laughs> right. Now, strangely enough, that's a good part of the story. That's not, that, this is not actually about May 29th, but I do have that video. <laughs> hang on, I just, just hang on. I do have that video and I'm going to share it because it's freaking awesome. Can, um, can, can I just ask, sorry, can we get a, a vague era here? Or? This, is, uh, this is basically this is video, is 1976. But... So the, okay. basically the date on... I'm just on trying the, to see how big the sideburns sh I should be picturing for. <laughs> the, uh, look, the, the video footage is not great. I had a, I had a, uh, had a look around this afternoon and the, um, yeah, it's, we're really, uh, yeah, we're really in a wonder age of uh, video in, in the fact that you can look back and you can only just make out the ball in most of these video clips. But the, so basically Joe Necro played for 20 years and hit one home run in his career at nearly at nearly a thousand at bats right <laughs> and on the 29th of may 1976 he hit his only home run That's and right. he hit it off his brother ah. <laughs> so how long how long had he been playing up until the point he hit his home run uh, before he had, been, so he'd been playing for ten years. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So you know, now I, I'm feeling a bit of pity ball. Going <laughs> yeah, that's here. right. Was it softballed? So, <laughs> bit of pity ball. Uh, well, so, so you'd think that even by accident you might sort of. Well, that's right. You know, top top one into the stand somehow before ten years. Ago. Exactly, and then but then he played again. Like he played on until nineteen eighty. Five. So, like, at a, like, now look, pitchers, pitchers don't necessarily bat that much, but to have a thousand at bats and only hit one home run, and off for that home brother. run to be off your cheating brother. Uh, no, actually, Phil, no, was, Phil, Phil, Joe was the cheater. Phil was the good one. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. It was dodgy Joe. Dodgy he, probably Joe sorry, yeah. he, put him, he would have put 300 bucks on him from <laughs> on his brother to hit it. Yeah, That's right. So um, that look that that caught my eye. Uh, I thought that was a real oddity, and uh, and there's my um, there's my little story for May 29th. Ah. Was there any indication of any nepotism or any tomfoolery going on that it might have or, been? Or, did he lob it in? Did he do an underarm pitch? There didn't seem to be. Um, I mean, no, look, everyone was just kind of happy for him. Yeah, everyone was. I think it just sort of happened, you know. It, it, it was just one. Obviously, of those we live like there was more. Live in a less cynical age. Yeah. That's right. Well, look, that you know, now the uh, you know That's the knives would be out, but back in the day, you know, they were more worried about him having uh, a nail file in his back pocket <laughs> than they were about his his good the good brother throwing the uh, you know the cheating gypsy brother 
Really? One high, the, the, one high the announcers were more concerned about mispronouncing his name. Yeah, so that's right. I was sweating every time he came up to bat. Oh, these knee crows of balls. Just in this dugout's damn these knee crows. <laughs> this knee crow is one dirty player. I'm like, you know, I just like the idea of right him, now. I like the idea of him using the nail file to like, oh, pretending he was using it on his glove, just to be like, no, all right, I'm no, 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 I'm gonna need it. Just, yeah, uh, I'm just, picking the stitching. Doing some picking. Uh, so, uh, should I say it? At least it wasn't sandpaper. That's so cool. Oh, oh, you were lowest. Bloody dodging yeah. fucking sandpaper. <laughs> he actually said to the he said to the umpire, uh, "I I have to file my nails on the mound because I can't throw knuckleballs <laughs> if my nails are too long." And I just ate I ate twenty avocado <laughs> yeah, in a game. And they're just growing out of out of, out of proportion. It's I'm ridiculous. Very healthy. Drinking so much milk. It's great. <laughs> That's all right. Well, thank you for that. Yes. Uh, my turn. All right. Let me tell you a story here. On May 29, 2007, a 29 year old man at a karaoke bar in San Mateo Rizal, the Philippines, was singing "My Way" by Frank Sinatra when he was shot dead. Oh. Allegedly by the bar's security guard who was arrested after the incident. According to reports, the guard complained that the young man's rendition was off-key, and when the victim refused to stop singing, the guard pulled out his thirty-eight caliber pistol and shot the man dead. Wow. <clears throat> this, my friends, is one of many killings in the social phenomenon known as the My Way killing. <laughs> no, no. How many? How many? <laughs> the My Way killings in the Philippines refer to a number of fatal disputes which arose during the singing of the song My Way in karaoke bars. A New York Times article estimates the number of killings to be uh, between 6 and 12. I was hoping you were going to say in the thousands. Did <laughs> <laughs> um, it get to it? You were thinking bit. Sensible band that it was getting to the point where they were going up and saying, I would like to sing my way. It's pulling that gun and shooting them. <laughs> or, or just, you know, so people, a machine gun nest. nest. <laughs> and every time people come up for karaoke, it's just mowing them down. Oh, it's just a new form of euthanasia. You just walk into a karaoke bar and start. <laughs> and, uh, Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Opinions differ over whether the possible connection is due to the coincidence that the song was simply frequently sung uh, in the nation's karaoke bars. I was going to say, it's a pretty, pretty popular tune. Yeah. yeah, or whether it has something to do with the aggressive lyrics of the song itself. Aggressive, did you say? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, aggressive. It's, a, it's you know, this this is a macho fairly violent society and then you've got a song where the lyrics is someone getting up basically saying i do what i want no one can stop me all that kind of stuff right um that, that's what some people attribute to it so oh. some filipinos even though they love the song will not sing it in public in order to avoid trouble oh, as of 2007 Ooh. the song's been taken off the playlist of karaoke machines in many bars in manila after complaints of out-of-tune renditions of the song resulting in fights and deaths. Wow. Fuck. So, do you think, so do you think it's a, a passionate fan thing? Like, is this the, like, it seems, because off-key seems to be 
yeah, the, a, a bit of a, a bit of yeah. a theme going yeah. on here. Yeah. So is it is it more the respect for the song rather than, as you say, the the marchiness of it? Well, I don't. I, these are just people's opinions. My opinion is probably just that this is a, a drunk, violent bar. I think karaoke tends to bring out you have to be quite drunk to yeah get up and do it. I think you have to be drunk to appreciate it. I think starting fights would be fairly easy, and then you know obviously they get further out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> so. Filipinos who can afford to often get private rooms to sing karaoke. Uh, violence in some bars led to owners of the establishment employing buckler who are gay or effeminate men or trans women who use humor to defuse conflicts right. oh. that start um, between, uh, between people or over male patrons over women mm. um, because no one's, you know, everyone sees the buckler as, as neutral. They, uh, employed to yeah smooth over conflicts wow. <laughs> that uh, are happening in karaoke bars. Fantastic. So, the New York Times article asks the question: Are the killings a byproduct of the country's culture of violence, drinking, and machismo, or is there something inherently sinister in the song? Um, <laughs> right. So, like, uh, play backwards, play backwards, oh, and, and it's got satanic messages. It sounds like. They're trying to, you know, ride an episode of The Extraordinary. Yeah. Just to hype up the... <laughs> sure sounds know. like it. Yeah. So karaoke bars in the Philippines can often be violent with fights sparked over poor singing or the singing of boring songs. Ooh. And the number... Well, yeah, you guys are lucky. You're in <laughs> Australia. Oh, I reckon so, yeah. I've heard Chubbs do an amazing rendition of Paranoid Android by Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> Which category does it fall into? <laughs> both of it did not. Boring and it, out of care. It made me like want to cheer. It didn't make me want to kill him. <laughs> yeah, but that's not Chubbs' standard. We all know what Chubbs' standard is. Chubbs? <laughs> uh, Bet Middle is the Rose. <laughs> yes. So um, that's something that I'll always come back to. And, you know, it's, it's neither boring nor ever out of tune. No, as, certainly not. Absolutely. As the patrons of the G Kwong can testify to. Magical. Exactly right. But I, I, I frequent it a lot. In, uh, when I lived in Japan, and I remember there was one uh, woman we always went there with, and she would always sing Billie Jean, and it was the worst singing I've ever heard in my entire life. But again, that was celebrated rather than, you know, like it was. It's hard to describe exactly how she could sing so badly, but it was kind of just screeching the song, I guess. I'm just going to shout, but I'm going to screech it at the same time, and that will kind of count as singing. Well, one, but... of the, uh, one of the biggest revelations of karaoke that I had ever experienced was the... the it's a karaoke the juxta- revelation. I like this. The juxtaposition between karaoke in Australia and karaoke in Japan. Yeah. Right. They are, in essence, the same thing, but... <laughs> Two completely different experiences. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yes. The, like the fact that a karaoke, uh, experience in Australia involves you getting up in front of upwards of a hundred people, uh, and basically being ridiculed versus <laughs> sitting in a room of 10 to 15 people, yeah. uh, drinking, drinking copious heavily, amounts of yes. continuously flowing, uh, uh Moscow mules. <laughs> with with a group of friends, uh, with the encouragement of others to actually get up and, you know, and just really sort of let rip. 
uh, and <laughs> screech and yell Billie Jean um, yeah. rather than <laughs> being booed down. Well, I don't think we've ever really seen anyone booed down, but it really is a, it's a different experience. <laughs> All murdered, yeah, that's right. The, um, but, yes, the, if anyone can, uh, the, uh, one of the major reasons to go to Japan is to, to do karaoke. Well, I was going to say sensible, Ben, you, and you're pretty keen for the old, um, a bit of a Frank tune, belting one of those out. Would you be, would you, if you went to the Philippines, would you tempt fate? Like, is it just kind of like a bit of a trial by fire to prove yourself as your, as a Frank performer by belting out my way? Would you be tempted to get up there and Well, do funnily it? enough, my way has never been my way. That's you go to, I know. Oh, <laughs> well. Um, uh, um, but... Oh, look, you know, living on the edge. Why not? <laughs> maybe. Was that, air is this song? Or what? Maybe. Uh, what this? <laughs> maybe, maybe, just maybe, if I, at some stage in in life, if I get to the point where I'm like, you know, oh, well, it's, it's pretty close. Maybe I will go and <laughs> let rip oh, yeah. in, uh, in the Philippines. I, I, I just, I'd be tempted to tempt fate. I think there's something in there. This is a part of it. And I think that after a few drinks, I'd be even more tempted. <laughs> Can I yeah. tell you how I came across this story? Mm-hmm. Please. So, uh, shout out to a friend of mine who probably doesn't listen. Um, <laughs> hello, friend. Uh, hello, not listening friend. Uh, no, normally, normally your ridicule of our non-listeners doesn't start until about 10 episodes into it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so Dion uh, was recently in the Philippines mm. and he's a karaoke nut and got up and sang my way. No. And um, got uh, when he finished and got down, um, was told that he did a good job and that that was lucky for him. <gasps> um, and then got Seriously. told uh, all about the story. The story, yes. Wow. So he, had, wow. So, he so he had no prior knowledge. He wasn't no. like no. tempting fate. No, he wow. yeah, he got told about cool. it after he stepped down from singing the song. There should be an asterisk next to that on the bloody karaoke book in the Philippines. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> just a picture of a bullet riddled corpse, six <laughs> smoking style ad. <laughs> Yes, so I guess lucky you did a good job. So I've got a lot. I've got a lot uh, more notes here about you know possible reasons why the song has this effect, particularly on people. But I'm going to skip all that and just go to my last paragraph here, which is karaoke rage in other countries. Oh, really? So, um, videoki rage or karaoke rage is not just limited to my way in the Philippines. There have been several reported cases of singers being assaulted, shot, or stabbed mid-performance, usually over how songs are sung. <laughs> in Malaysia in 2008, a man at a coffee shop hogged the karaoke microphone so long he was stabbed to death by other patrons. Right. Uh, in Thailand, a man was arrested on charges that he shot to death eight neighbours, one of whom was his brother-in-law, in a dispute stemming from several karaoke offerings, including repeated rendition of John Denver's Take Me Home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. His <laughs> case dismissed. <laughs> in July But 20th... your other John fucking Denver. <laughs> We're going to play this now in court. Imagine this. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to play this on a loop for three hours now. 
In July 2013, an American was stabbed to death for refusing to stop singing in a karaoke bar in Thailand. In China, a fight occurred over the microphone in a karaoke parlor, and a man hacked two others to death with a meat cleaver. Oh, who uh, takes a meat cleaver karaoke in? <laughs> Yeah, well, Meat Cleaver Karaoke Thursdays. Meat. <laughs> Cleaver and uh, cook your a... own steaks. <laughs> Kill some karaoke girls. There was, there was also an incident in Seattle where a karaoke singer was punched and attacked by a woman in order to stop him singing Coldplay's Yellow. Again, mm. fair enough, I think. So there we go. <laughs> karaoke rage. I thought I'd bring oh. that to your attention, fellas. Jeez. Yellow's yellow's a pretty good one to get angry about, I think. Oh, fuck yeah. Dull it's song. It's pretty dull. Yeah, it's very dull, song. isn't it? And, and quite difficult to sing. Quite difficult well, to like, sing. You can just see there's so many... Yeah, yeah imagine look at the stars. That'd be, look at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you should run karaoke with that attitude. <laughs> all right. <laughs> First line. Fuck off. All right. Put him off the stage. Yeah, I, I'm I'm usually pretty anti karaoke, so I, yeah, I'm going into it with that attitude. To be honest. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's uh, jump over to Matt. All right, what well, you we're going to keep the, the music theme going. And on this day, I won't tell you the year because I, I want you to have a guess. On this day, the highest selling single of all time was recorded. Does anyone know what the highest selling single of all time worldwide was? Can recorded? I have a Can I have a stab? It sold 50 million copies. Is yes. It, oh, White Christmas. Yeah, White Christmas. Yes, White Christmas by Bing Crosby was recorded on the 29th of May, 1942. Um, okay. Which I'm pretty stupid at times. And, I, and when I read that, I was like, but it's not Christmas. It's, it's May. <laughs> I literally went, that doesn't make sense. Why didn't they record it at Christmas? <laughs> Didn't they release it the same day they record? Yeah, that's right. It's very fast. It's a very quick turnover. Um, okay, so what I wanted to to see is this uh, list has 13, 14 songs that have sold 15 million copies or upwards worldwide. And I wanted to see just how many you could get. And maybe if you're struggling, you can... Um, I'll give you some of the artists. Um, I, okay. The reason why I'm going through it, and we'll get to it, is you. Oh, I'm so excited to see what was ninth. And this is a, a clickbait article, if ever there was one. You won't <laughs> believe what number nine <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sizzle. so what, it, what? What do you? What do you think? Can we? Else can, what if we throw an artist at you and you say yes yeah, or no? Whether they yeah, yep, got yep, a yep. song in the list? Does that sound all right? Yeah, that's fine. So we're going to say MJ. Michael yeah, Jackson. Oh, Ellis. Ellis, great minds. Yeah. Michael Jackson is not on the list of fifteen million songs. Oh. His album, Elvis. Thriller, is the highest selling album of all time. Yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. singles, well, I think everyone bought the singles album. Nerd. I think it was 35 million sales of the Ridiculous. album. So Just not me. enough people playing singles if they've got them all. Okay. <laughs> Super horrible. Uh, okay, no. Uh, Mel, how about Elvis? How about Mel and Kim? No. Oh, wow. No. Just it's on the list of the top thousand. But uh, Elvis. Shall we get them all about all out of us? <laughs> yeah, Elvis. Al, Charles and Eddie. <laughs> Plastic Bertrand. Elvis. Elvis is on the list. He's one, two, three, four, okay. five, seventh. Is it Jailhouse Rock? No. It is. Uh, blue suede shoes. 
Uh, no, it's it's now or never. Is his most popular song. Okay. Whether it's worldwide, that, again, that song Elvis obviously has a big following all over the world. But that song in Japan was another karaoke song mm. the Japanese people always yeah. had. Yep. Um, okay. What about Unchained Melody? Unchained Melody is on the list. Yes, and there's a couple of songs I think oh, they've had good. a couple of runs. So Unchained Melody came out, yeah, it was fairly yeah. successful, and then when Ghost came out, it yeah. was a monster oh, hit in nineteen ninety. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is on the list as well. But again, oh, it's having double right. runs. Yes, I uh, don't think what, it was that successful uh, the first time. But what about when? What about the Gambler? No, not the Gambler. Damn it. Um, I'll give uh, you the year. Sure. Kenny on that. Say that again. Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. No, Kenny Rogers. Uh, I will. I will tell you. I will tell you the year. Uh, and the second one, with second to Bing Crosby, was thirty-three million, and it came out in nineteen ninety-seven, and it was a charity single. Oh, Macarena. Sorry, <laughs> what what charity was that for? <laughs> People with Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, she's a macarena. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get Michael Parkinson, oh, then, no, no. then that would have Damn been it, you got it, got it quicker. Got okay, him. no, oh. it's fools. It was Candle in the Wind, Elton John. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Okay, sold right. 33 million copies. Um, well, in that vein then, is um, any of the Live Aid, um, not Live Aid, what is it, Band-Aid? Yeah, well, mm. not really, not Band Aid, but USA for Africa. USA we are for the Africa, world. sorry. Yep. From, Can we go we in the round because we're just kind of talking over the top of each other here. So, uh, yes, yeah. You, USA um, for Africa, we are the world, was uh, sold yeah. 20 million copies. All right. We go. You got another go? Uh, uh, are you two on the list? You two are not on the list. Okay. Okay. What about Beatles? Strangely enough, not the Beatles. No Beatles. No, they're they rich. Um, I'm trying to think of some of those. Uh, is there any ABBA on there? No ABBA. Ooh, I, will, I, will, I will give you a hint. There's quite a lot of shitty ballads okay. from the early 90s that you will definitely go, oh, yes, songs that okay. were in the was number one or high up for too fucking long. Um, were they British or American acts? Uh, one American, one Canadian. Brian Adams. Canada, yeah, Brian Adams. What song? Yep. Uh, um, everything I do, I do that's it for you. Correct. That everything one from I the do. Robin Hood. Yeah, it's everything I do, I do it for you. Fifteen million. A uh, female artist was fifth, sold twenty-two million. Madonna, singles. not Madonna. It's from a soundtrack. Tracy Chapman. It's from a soundtrack that she was actually in, as well. Female artist, nineteen ninety-two. Oh, oh. Not uh, nineteen ninety-two. Hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry. Madonna's not the female artist. <laughs> she wasn't in a movie and didn't do the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> Oh, 92. 1992. Oh, Celine oh. Dion would have to be on there. Celine there. Dion is on the list. My heart will go on yeah. Yeah. from 1997. Oh, are we, we're we talking movie soundtrack? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Whitney. Whitney is correct. 22 fucking yeah. million copies of that song. What? Incidentally, another one people would love to sing at karaoke. And uh, mm. you know what? Can't sing. Usually, it's really hard to sing. Usually, uh, this is again as 
as um, Sensible Ben was saying, the difference between Australian karaoke and Japanese karaoke is Australian karaoke, people sing that and destroy the song horribly. Yeah. In Japan, yeah. you don't, you, I think having people in a room with your friends makes you realize what your limitations are. <laughs> because people yes. seem to sing outside of their limitations. So people who sang that in Japan usually did it really well. Quite respectfully. Or, or simply, in other countries, friends are supportive of each, of each other. Yeah. In Australia, friends are very happy to rip into <laughs> true. your oh, flaws and faults. You're more likely to go, yeah, get up and do I Will Always Love You. Everyone will love it. Get up when, you, when your best mates think they've ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go through. That's the kind of culture. I'm going to go through because we've only got a four or five left. I'm going to go through the number three. Hey, um, is Sai on that list? Say, say that again, sorry. Sai. The South, the South Korean. Oh right, you know what? Oh. I I would look that up earlier today because he's he's not on the list, and he's quite a long way down the list. So what? But, but he but if you added YouTube views onto there, I guess. Yeah, but that's it. Like I think it had it was the first uh, video to have one billion YouTube views, but yeah, okay. it didn't sell as many. I think everyone just watched it on YouTube and went, that's weird. Yeah. And, and didn't put it on. Didn't like, oh, I'm going to listen to this song without. I, uh, it was a very visual. That was the appeal of it as well. It's how okay. visual it was. Well, by that, by that token, the pineapple pen guy probably hasn't. <laughs> no, he didn't that. crack any market either. <laughs> so Bing Crosby was third again with Silent Night, just hogging the, oh, the Christmas okay. market. We've got. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, for, oh. Yes, which I can't. Stand, um, but there any Bublé Christmas on there? Is, there's no, sadly <laughs> not, sadly not. What about Rolf Harris, Six White Boots? <laughs> oh, that didn't make the list. I'm about, afraid. The, about the Australian basketball team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, you're the one that I want. Was on the list. Oh, I was going to say oh, three songs. Come on, we should have started. Might have been hopelessly devoted. That one never stuck. goes away. My my six year old daughter loves Greece. Loves it. She would watch it happily every day. Um, I, I can't wait. I love the idea of watching it with her until she gets older and older and starts going, hang on. Has that, got, has that got the right themes in it? That's the thing. It all, I'm, every, everyone, well, so many people I know grew up on Greece and then watched it later in life and were like, oh, my God, I didn't even know any of this was happening. It's done in a way where they don't. But are those people right in their head? It all washes past them. It all just goes past them. They just go, all right, where's the song? Oh, yeah, there's a song. They don't get what oh, it's singing about. There's some cracking tunes in it. Yeah. Like the tunes are such earworms. They're fantastic. They love, really they love Rizzo. Songs. They think she's hilarious. They don't know what the hell she's talking about, but she puts a wig on and dances around. That's pretty fun. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it is all, but that one just never goes snatched. away. They're at a fair. Yeah, they're at a fair and they're dancing in the driveway <laughs> in a flying car. That's right. <laughs> what's, to, what's not on to like there, really? Yeah, fair enough. And the T-Birds. Anyway, so here are the odd ones. Uh, the The... Eighth highest selling single of all time is the Ink Spots. If I didn't care, the from nineteen thirty nine. I'm going to play your bit. You might recognise it. It's on a few soundtracks. Ah. Mm. If I didn't care, more than words can say. Really? No. How many did it sell? 19 million copies. 
Oh, Jesus. I thought the entire population of the Earth. I hadn't researched that. Let me look that up. didn't actually sell 19 million copies. They just sent out a copy to everyone. You two style. To get them to join the war. Something, if you go to war, you won't have to listen to this. There's these Maasai warriors just standing there going, what the fuck is this? I think that's what it was. With good cause. It was fucking awful. I know. I can't, I was like, all right. And then I had to check. I was like, surely this can't be right. And I looked it up. Yes. It sold 19 minutes. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, wow. I know taste is a bit unusual and, and varied, but that just, anyway, that seems odd. But anyway, song number what, nine. What about, um, sorry, What a Wonderful World? Is that? No, that's not on the list. No. Oh, <laughs> just that weird, just that cheesy song. <laughs> I don't get it, even for its time, man. Why isn't it famous? Like, it's not carried over. Like, that's mm. the weird thing, right? Like, all the other songs on the list... Oh, the other one was Bill Haley and the Comets Rock Around the Clock. Nice. Right? Yeah. right? So all yep. these songs you know, 1945, 1930, 1942, 1954, they're all still in the lexicon. But this mm. one, did everyone just buy and go... Like in 50 years' time, are people going to be like looking up and going, What the hell is Gungan style? What is that? Yeah. Like, well, that... maybe, yeah. Well, you got to remember that you could get heroin over the counter at the chemist back in those days. So that might have been. That a, is a, a good big heroin song, isn't it? And it's probably, a great heroin song. Probably, yeah, explains some of the figures. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but here we go. Number nine. This, this is the, really the only reason I'm doing this is to tell you that the ninth helic, highest selling single of all time is Baccarat. Yes, sir, I can boogie. Oh, no. That's no. fucking amazing. No. Yeah. Yeah. And because that it is... was massive in Europe more than anything else. It, and I can imagine it. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that is the ninth selling single of all time. Baccarat. I don't even know if I know that one. Oh, how do yeah, you know? Yes, sir, I can fucking boogie. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Oh, I can't Sorry. Oh, really? I've, I've just had a red dot appear on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my Filipino neighbour. <laughs> so they were Spanish. So they were Spanish, a Spanish duet. And so it was huge all over Europe. So I, I'd love to look at the figures in, in America, in Australia, in England. Um, by the way, but yeah, a massive hit in 1977 all over Europe. And so, yeah, I, I remember hearing it in like, as it must have been like a, a throwback in discos and stuff when the, the discotheques, yes. as you, we went around Europe, like, right, 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 and, right, stuff, right. and it used to pop up pretty regularly. And I just thought, oh, you know, I knew it because we had, we had our, um, obsession with crappy 70s. Yeah. I got, a, I remember, yeah, my, one of our great friends, Lola's gave me a CD for my birthday, yeah. which was sensational. Hits the, yeah. Hits of the seventies and the, that, all yeah. these songs I'd never heard of. And I was like, yeah, fantastic, awesome songs. But yeah, that one seemed to pop up and I was like, oh yeah, I know this one. Yes. It's a, it's oh, just, interesting. Yeah. So that, that is the complete list of songs that have sold over 15 million. And on this day, yeah. sorry, on this day. Why yeah. Christmas, even though it wasn't Christmas? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> that's, False advertising. Uh, yeah. That's fucking bullshit that's getting on there. How could how I think, they uh, would to sing if it wasn't Malcolm Christmas? Malcolm Gladwell needs to do a revisionist history of that. <laughs> yes, I would agree. Don't give him ideas. <laughs> 
buy the no, buy and just just it wasn't even Christmas. Just secret. And he wrote the he wrote the song. <laughs> That's right. Separately though, uh, chirpy chirpy cheap cheap sold ten million singles worldwide oh, you're kidding no i'm not kidding i was gonna i thought i thought well i think that's the thing i was thinking that maybe there would have been a few more little it really isn't far down like the list is chirpy chirpy cheap cheap and if you don't know that song uh we're, i'm going to put it on the page because it's one of the worst songs it's of amazing. all time is there any neil diamond in the top like 30. Uh, I haven't gone through it with a fine tooth comb, okay. but I can have well, a look. We, we, can, we can spend was, the rest was, of the podcast going, is this person on? Is that person? Move on. I think Cracklin Rosie was his more of an album than old Neil. Yeah, I think Cracklin Rosie was his biggest hit, but I don't have. Cracklin Rosie again. See? There you go. And that's the only yep. reason why. It's because people are like, yes, we'll take that. <laughs> so we're going to get on board. Yep. Chubbs, get on board. <laughs> get on board, Chubbs. Um, all right. Now we've had the front one. Yeah, oh, so fun. much fun. Let's take a door down a notch. Right. We're going to take you across to Brussels in 1985. 1985? 1985. 1985. Brussels in 1985. And it was a very exciting time. There was lots of um, football fans on the streets of Brussels in 1985. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool fans and Juventus fans. And Juventus had finally made their first European Cup final. Um, Liverpool coming back to defend it. There was some pretty, uh, I'd, I'd say that football hooliganism from English fans was probably around in Europe, was probably around about at its height. Uh, there'd been a bit of, um, bit of, bit of argy-bargy and so there was some pretty tight security. Basically, the any of the ferries which headed across to Brussels, either from Merseyside or from the East Coast, they were heavily guarded. So, you know, but you know, there was plenty of Liverpool fans heading into the city that day. There was lots of, everyone was pretty much saying that it was an, a convivial kind of crowd in the lead up to the actual game on the match day. Mm. So plenty of drinking going on out in the streets, but nothing too um, major. Everyone was oh, kind of getting on pretty well. Everyone was just having a good time. Yeah, having yeah, a good time. Yeah, so yeah, celebrating football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All about football. Minor aspects of the game. Yeah. So, um, anyway, getting into this ground, it was called the um, Hazel Ground yes. in um, Brussels. Yeah, where everyone and... strapped yourselves in for a good giggle here. I don't know. Oh, dude. Jeez. The hilarity is going to be coming thick and fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're so, listening yeah. to Pick a Date, the <laughs> comedy history. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we say we're a comedy? I thought we said we're educational. This is where I've. I just. I, well, so we basically. Can't not be um, funny. <laughs> anyway, let's try it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let's try. Yeah. Um, I'm basically, at one end, one end of the ground, we had all of the Juventus fans. So, as I say, being at the time when hooliganism was rife, the fans were separated, all the tickets were separated. Um, at one uh, end of the ground, we had all of the Juventus fans, and they took up three of the big bays um, around the goals. And at the other end, Liverpool had two bays. The, all the Liverpool fans, and then there was another neutral bay next to the Liverpool fans. Good now, summer. What... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this was known as this, this neutral bay <clears throat> was called Block Z, okay, or Block Z. Sorry. Um, so most of the people who ended up buying tickets for this Block Z ended up become were Juventus fans. Now. 
as I say, there was a lot of uh, English security. The British police came across on the boats and everything. But once they arrived in Belgium, they really had no power at all. But they kind of went along for the ride with the fans just in case anything was happening, you know, keeping an eye out and all that kind of stuff. And they were quite shocked to see that this this um, Block Z was filled up with so many Juventus fans because it was complete next to um, adjacent to the Liverpool fans. And it was only the only barrier was this uh, pretty much a, a cyclone fence, like a thin chainmail fence type thing. So there wasn't much going on between them. The problem was is that the stadium was pretty much starting to fall apart, huh. and the Liverpool fans then decided that because there were so many Juventus fans next to them, they started hurling bits of the stadium at them. <laughs> um, Fuck. There was, they decided that um, there was a bit of a Russia defence when they went into Block Z. Basically what happened was is that they claimed that in Block Z there were some, uh, there were some Liverpool fans as well as the Juventus fans, which were by far the majority. Um, and that these Liverpool fans were being harassed and harangued and bashed up by these Juventus fans. So they decided to, as any good Brit will tell you, take matters into their own hands, and they pretty much charged down the fence and jumped into this block there. Um, this caused a massive stampede. Okay, so all the Juventus fans are in this block Z and they're all, all of a sudden, all of these uh, Liverpool fans, of which they reckon there's probably around about a third more than they should have been inside these two bays. Um, all of these Liverpool fans were charging over this fence straight at them, basically just to kick the shit out of them because that's what they did back in the day. So they charged over. The Juventus fans start to charge away to the doorway, which is one single narrow doorway, oh God. Um, Three Stooges style, yeah. 5,000 people running for the one doorway. And there's nothing, there was nowhere for them to go. Mm. So basically what happened, there was this massive crush coming on from caused by, allegedly, the Liverpool fans kind of coming along and starting to attack these people in uh, Block Z. Now, at this point, there basically there's, there was the, uh, a wall ended up collapsing at this gate next to the gate. As I say, it was like a brick wall and the doorway was basically just cut into it. And that wall ended up collapsing. And there was um, a report that lots of people died as a result of this wall collapsing. It wasn't actually the case because they'd already died mm. from suffocation oh. and crush injuries wow. prior to that. Oh, Jesus. So this is, and this is, and as I say, this is, this is pretty dire and absolutely not anything to joke about. But so we had 39 people um, were killed as a result of the crush injuries and suffocation as they tried to escape these Liverpool fans, allegedly. One of the, there was a report from one of the guys saying that he was, um, they, he felt his trainers being sucked off his feet um, from the crush and he was just physically lifted up in the air by all the people around them. So it was that much of a crush and he could he just said he just felt the life being drained out of him and he managed to basically climb up over the top of other people and get out that way. And there was reports from others being stuck on the ground for, um, you know, they were saying for minutes at a time, but it may not have even been that long. But basically this oh, yeah. huge crush going on. So anyway, so this is a prior, this is about an hour before the due kickoff of the game. Now, what would you think would have happened in a North? So 39 people have been crushed to death in the ground. There's 600 people have been uh, ferried to hospital with some of them very serious injuries. A portion of the stadium has collapsed. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, I, the, one oh, of the exterior oh. <laughs> walls has collapsed. One of the exterior walls has collapsed. Um, at this stage, you've got to remember that this is the end away from the rest of the Juventus fans. So there are, you know, another 15 to 20,000 Juventus fans at the other end of the ground trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And all they're seeing is this red wave basically coming across into where they saw a majority of other Juventus um, fans. <laughs> so they all start jumping the fence and coming around the running track to come down and take on the Liverpool fans. So basically they start having pitch battles in the middle of the football field oh. against the police. All of this about an hour before the game's supposed to kick off. Most of the people in the stadium who weren't in the fan areas had any idea what actually was going on at this stage until the Juventus fans actually kind of invaded the pitch and started to come on. They had no idea what was going on. Um, so basically there ended up being a sit down with um, the mayor of Brussels and an Italian, an Italian minister okay. and the um, representatives from both clubs. So the, um, I, I think it was the managers of both clubs, not the, um, not the actual team managers, but um, the right. CEOs of the, both the clubs. Now, the old, um, the Italian minister pretty much straight away said, no, there's no way we can play the rest of the game. The mayor of Brussels was, um, he liked a drink and he was shit-faced. And he basically said, no, no, we've got to play the game. Otherwise, there's going to be too much violence. You know, we're going to let them all out on the streets and they're just going to destroy the town. So we have to play the game. In the meantime, all the players were down underneath in the tunnels, sitting there waiting to play. Like, you know, they can hear this commotion going on they don't really know what's happening they're just told to stay down in the tunnels they have no idea that, that this is all kicked off and so they're all down there and then they come down and someone comes down and tells them oh there's going to be a delay to the play we're going to be delayed by a couple of hours and like oh what's happened and they said oh there's been some there's been an in, a, a major incident there have been some injuries but we're cleaning it all up and we'll all be fine and this is what the players were told wow Okay. Yeah, so just keep so, keep stretched, guys. You know, we'll get we'll get to it shortly. Just make sure you know, no uh, no cramps or injuries, please. Just keep 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 ready. We'll we'll be playing soon. Don't worry. <laughs> so basically, we yeah, and that's it. That's exactly what happens. And some of them are sitting around playing cards, like you know, they just they they they're just chilling out, trying to they're, they're playing one of the biggest games of their career. Like you know, this is a European Cup final. It's massive, massive game. You know, and it was just at the time when you know the being televised across Europe was starting to be a big thing. And so they're down in the dressing rooms waiting, and then I think the um, Liverpool captain gets brought out up onto the pitch, and he's just, he's devastated. He comes out and he can't believe what he can see because he's all, and he breaks down basically and grabs one of the security details' hand, and he's just like, what's happened here? It looks like a war zone. He comes up, you know, there's this collapsed wall. There's, um, they're, not, they're not ready for this kind of level of disaster. They've basically got these makeshift tents out the back, which is just filled with bodies, um, there's people who are strewn everywhere. There's still injured people lying around the pitch and he's been brought out to try and quell the fans and keep them calm. And same with some of the Juventus players are brought out there. And because there are so many Juventus fans on the pitch, they've actually got, um, fans, some of the fans coming up to them saying, oh, help me. I need to find my brother. I can't find him anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And other ones were coming up to them going, Hey mate, can I get an autograph please? Oh, I'd just be so stoked about being in the moment. So uh, there was this really weird thing where half the people just didn't seem to care what had happened or didn't really understand the gravity of what had happened. And 
the other half were absolutely distraught and devastated because they'd lost loved ones and family. Yeah. So basically two hours later, they're, they're still kind of debating about whether it's going to go ahead or not. Um, eventually, to, um, they, the teams come up, so it's about two and a quarter hours later, and they, they play the game. And this was in the backdrop of, you know, at least 39 people had died and 580, sorry, I said 600 reports, 580 were actually sent to hospital. Um, of the dead, we had 32 Italians, four Belgians, two French, and one bloke from Northern Ireland. And Juventus eventually won the game. Um, they won 1-0 mm -hmm. based on a really, really dodgy penalty. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, that's the biggest crime of the day. I've actually spoken to people in, when I was in England, Liverpool supporters, and when you bring it up, they like, yes, tragedy, tragedy. That penalty was oh, the biggest farce. No. You're like, great. He was brought down outside the box yeah. and stumbled in the box. Yeah, stumbled and in like, the oh, box. Yeah, like, it was never a penalty. Like, like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, was that, yeah and, that was that, and that was, but this was the big thing. There was huge criticism against both teams for daring to play afterwards. Yeah. But it's one of these things which is really, and it was, has become really brushed under the carpet of history. Like, you know, this was a massive thing um there was some some of the liverpool uh fans were eventually eventually convicted of manslaughter Fuck. which is a pretty big stretch when you think about it yeah because it was such a yeah the organization of the whole thing is yeah well that's exactly right like you know and i'm like i'm, in, I'm not trying to say that they weren't responsible but to pin it on individuals i think is a pretty strong thing to do because there's so many other extenuating circumstances. Well, even if you draw back to the fact that they chose to play it at that particular stadium, when the stadium itself was in no fit state to hold. Well, and this is, and this has been part of the argument, like, you know, that the, and the, even the police who are actually on duty for the game were like, they were the, they were some of the police, I think the police are actually on that boundary between, um, Section Z and the rest of the Liverpool fans, they were basically the third string of their tactical response group type mm -hmm. thing because the Pope had been in Belgium earlier that month and so many police had worked overtime. Oh, God. One of those top tier police had taken the time off because they'd basically worked three weeks straight without any break. And then there was the third tier who were the ones who ended up being in this oh, absolutely man. critical zone. But it's, it's, a, it's just, a lot of a lot of things happen in the in the eighties with football. That's why it's all seated yeah. now is because that happened, and then a few years later it happened at Hillsborough, where you yeah. know even more ninety something well, and, people. And died. I think that's the thing. Like you know, the the Hillsborough has a very different place in yeah. the hearts of Liverpool fans, especially like you know if you think about it. Whereas this is something which. I, I vaguely knew about, but until I had to look at it, like, you know, I had no idea of the actual, the carnage that it was. Like, you know, right. that's, having 39 people dying at a, at a game and then continuing well, then to play, play the game, game yeah. like mm. two hours later. And then, as I say, like the big thing, part of the big criticism being later, you know, against the players, like how dare you celebrate your goals? How dare you rejoice in this victory? And even Juventus, like they really, really acknowledge the fact that this, they acknowledge that it happened, but it's not something that they ever really kind of talk about mm. being a tragedy on their website or anything like that. It's something which is very, it's a very shameful type thing right. in the annals of European football. And yeah, um, all European, all English clubs were banned from European football for 
like four years after that, and I think Liverpool for six. Yeah, wow. Um, Fuck. So, yeah, they didn't play. They didn't play for the rest of the eighties. So you know, you think about the Liverpool team of the eighties. It was just incredible. And something that I didn't realise, uh, and I say this particularly for sensible Ben, that um, Bruce Grobelar, the um, Liverpool goalkeeper, mm. was actually Zimbabwean and sounded quite a bit like one of our friends. <laughs> So if you, have the, if you feel like you've kind of... Oh, right. Oscars Maybe out we can get Oscar and, and Bruce Grobelar together. Oscar, Oscar and Bruce could definitely have a bit of a conversation together. <laughs> at some stage. At some stage. That would <laughs> definitely be something that we could... But um, sorry to bring it down there, boys. <laughs> uh, as I say, cool, I'm, um, I'm still not quite getting the tone of this podcast. I'll get it right. That's all right. Thanks for that story. Thank you. Yeah, great story. Good night, everyone. Good night. Have a great time. Bob, you are. Uh, wow. Join us next week well, where Bruce Grobelar and Oscar Pistorius sing Chirpy Chirpy Cheep Cheep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bruce Grobelar goes to the Tamaja Bar. <laughs> um, no. Yes. Uh, yeah, get in contact. Pick a date at Outlook.com, Facebook, Twitters, iTunes reviews, please. Uh, and just share it with someone. Yeah, share the love. Share it with the people you love. Yeah, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. I was very sure someone was going to do uh, the space shuttle Discovery completes its first docking with the International <laughs> Space Station. Purely so we could talk about docking for a few minutes. Jonathan docking. <laughs>